0: Hey, everybody, it's Thursday, and welcome to Nerd Wars. So happy to be with you guys. I see so many in the chat room already. Welcome tonight. Tonight is going to be special because we have a special guest. So honored to have him here. So glad he was. uh, Thank you for waiting. He's been in the room. Let's introduce guys if you don't know him. Ladies and gentlemen, Cameron Pasha. What's up, Cameron? I'm right here. I'm delighted to be here. I'm excited for this uh, for this call. Thank you for your patience.
1: I know we had some technical difficulties, but I think a lot of people in the chat have been hanging on, so hopefully we'll be able to have an interesting conversation for them.
0: I'm excited. I've heard you around and a lot of ch- uh, colleagues of mine, other channels out there. You're, you're very well-spoken. You know your movies. You're a fan. You're a writer. You're a filmmaker. For those that don't know, uh, Cameron has worked on Sleeper Cell, uh, NBC's Kings, uh, Bionic Woman over at NBC, which I actually was a really big fan of, and my favorite, Nikita, which was such a fun show. Uh, so much amazing stuff you've been working on and you've done uh, he also has a, a bunch of books you can go over to Cameron Pasha I want to make sure we plug and you guys can go check out some of his amazing books over there at CameronPasha.com. Pasha.com uh, but Cameron welcome thank you for being here so honored to have you uh, so I've I've been out there seeing you talk Star Wars and I thought yeah. I would love to go there but before we get there can you like how did you get into this industry like, t- tell us tell us a little bit about how you sort of became a producer screenwriter in Hollywood
1: Sure. You know, I'm, I'm a bit of an unusual guy here and I uh, i didn't really have any connections. A lot of most people I would suggest in Hollywood are in this industry with at least some kind of connection. Right. Uh, you know, I I was born in Pakistan, raised in Brooklyn, New York. You know, I was a lawyer for a bit. I was a journalist for a bit. No connection to Hollywood. And I was actually in graduate school. I had gone back. I was getting my law degree and my MBA. So I was getting a JD MBA trying to do that immigrant thing, get lots of degrees, make lots of money. Right. And I was bored out of my mind. Uh, I was in an accounting class and I wrote a script in that class just out of boredom. Because I didn't, couldn't make the balance sheet balance, couldn't make sense of it, and I said, you know, I'm a creative guy. Let me at least have some fun with this sort of teen horror script. Working as a lawyer uh, in New York, and I had that script from school. I said, maybe I can do something with it. Send it out to some agents. One of them actually liked it, represented me, and then I sold my first script to Paramount. And I was like, oh, I just got this huge check. I can do this. So I quit my job as a lawyer and moved to L.A. in 2001, and been doing this now almost 20 years, 19 years plus now.
0: Fantastic. Well, congrats, man. Awesome to hear. And uh, yeah, I mean, some amazing stuff. It's not always easy to s- succeed in that town. Uh, yeah. So congratulations. Uh, yeah. I mean, you, you are, So you're still out there in Hollywood. You live there currently. That's where I you're, know, you're, you're bunkered Santa down. Monica.
1: Right now, the the sky is almost black because of all the fires.
0: You know, it was it was really wild. I've seen the populous, pictures. Yeah. yeah. Pretty crazy out here. Well, good. So you, I can call you a Hollywood Insider then, right? There we go. We got another yeah, one on a the little line. Bit.
1: Good. Yeah, I'm a little – I mean, I'm, I'm a working professional, and I know people. And, I've you know, uh, the thing is, is, you know, people will often just judge you by your IMDb. There's a lot of stuff that I've done that's not on IMDb. You know, I developed a project with Oliver Stone that I was very pr- proud of his project that was set – uh, in Guantanamo Bay for Showtime Networks, just never got on the air. Uh, one of the reasons was because one of the producers on that show was Harvey Weinstein, and so when Mr. Weinstein <laughs> had his do downfall, it. that show got pulled, and so you know there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that that I have done that that people aren't aware of. What was it but like with Oliver
0: Stone? I, that must have been a trip. Oh, I mean, it's incredible. I mean, look, he's one of
1: the greatest filmmakers of all yeah. time, and I was a huge, huge fan. So I mean, I was trying to not be just a fanboy in front of him. Right? Uh, I remember I did one thing; I was embarrassed the first day I met him. Uh, you know, we were chatting. And, you know, he, he's, we're just chatting the hall, walking down from our office, and, you know, he goes to the bathroom. And I follow him in, and I'm, like, you know, pitching him stuff and talking to him in the bathroom. These poor guys just trying to take a pee. And I was like, what am I doing? I mean, that's the craziest thing in the world. I mean, poor Oliver Stone <laughs> just trying to use a urinal, and I'm like talking about this and trying to get interested in one of my scripts or whatever. And I was like, I've lost my mind. But he just told me after he said that, uh, you know, people following me in the bathroom pitching me, it happens to me all the time.
0: <laughs> that's so I mean, wild. It's part of his life. It's like getting, he sort of accepted it. He gets used <laughs> to people bothering him. That's like, the, that's just crazy. Yeah, but no. Is, when I when I when I my slow rise to fame, there was one point I got bothered, like a waiter like interrupting me in my fat. And it was I realized like, man, this is cool, but the scale like people like Oliver Stone or Brad Pitt, I can't even imagine. But yeah, I guess you yeah. do get used to it. Uh, yeah. Well, awesome. I mean, yeah, let's we'll hear more, but let's let's focus on this main event and then we'll pivot off. And if you guys have questions for Cameron, let's come them over because I Hollywood Insider here, I, I have some questions. I also want to pick your brain about uh, just I'm trying to get a script gun done, and I, I have a question actually that you might be able to help me motivate me to. But let's start with Star Wars because I've seen you talking about that. You're a Star Wars fan, that's safe to say, yes. Uh, But were you a fan of the Star Wars sequels?
1: Uh, No, I've been very straightforward about them. You know, I was really, you know, I was, I went from being sort of disappointed to horrified to angry, right? (laughs) Uh, You know, and that's, that's the stage. You know, I, I, I saw The Force Awakens and I was like, you know, it was the first Star Wars movie that I didn't go see twice in the theater. Like, I didn't really like episode one that much, you know? Uh, but I went and saw it multiple times in the theater because I, I because there were enough aspects of, you know, the Phantom Menace that I did like. That, and it's Star Wars. It's George Lucas. I was going to go see it. But after watching The Force Awakens, I'm like, you know, I feel like I've seen this before. You know, I thought Daisy really did a perfectly good job. I thought John Boyega, I thought the cast was good. You know, I just I just felt hollow after watching that movie. I was like, all right, okay, I've seen it. I feel like I've seen this before, which it is. It's a new hope, right? And uh, and I was like, all right, I'm not going to see it again. but. I, I was actually very excited for The Last Jedi because I had enjoyed Looper and I'd like what Ryan Johnson had done with Looper. And uh, so I was like, this is going to be great. And then I felt like I was punched in the head. I mean, <laughs> I walked out of that theater from The Last Jedi in the days and I couldn't sleep that night. I was up till probably 5, 6 a.m. in bed, unable to sleep because I was so disturbed by the movie and by what it had done to the franchise. And then it went from being disturbed to becoming angry. And then I became a little outspoken. And, you know, and, a lot of my fellow screenwriters and, you know, industry people share this opinion. But most of them are like, you know, why would I talk about it publicly? Why would I alienate Kathleen Kennedy? Why would I alienate Lucasfilm? Why would I alienate Disney? He said, I've been doing this for 20 years. I have I have a long list of enemies. Some of them are actually pretty well-known famous people. If I mention their name, they're like, oh, that guy don't like you. I'm like, yeah, no, I had to run in with him. So at this point, I got my enemies and I got my friends and I still have a career and I'm doing interesting things. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to say what I say. And because Star Wars is important to me, it's more than just a movie, right? When people said that stuff, it was like, man, it's just a movie. For what to be, It's not just a movie. This thing got me through some really difficult moments of my childhood, right? Those action figures I had with Luke Skywalker, they allowed me to escape problems I was having at home and allowed me to create another world. The reason I'm a screenwriter today is because of Star Wars, because I created this whole, I would make entire movies with my action heroes, right? Yeah. I mean, I learned how to be a screenwriter as a little kid by taking these action heroes and making my own fan fiction with them. And so it's not just a movie to me. And when you're messing with its mythology like that in a really destructive way, in my opinion, I was going to speak out.
0: So do you have insight? I mean, uh, because I mean, we I feel like everybody always feels like they have their insight on who who's really at fault. Do you feel like are you just doing this as a fan and speculating or do you feel like you do have some inside insight on what went wrong? Because the, the you know the part of this story is you know people are finally starting to talk right that's the big story here and so the main news story just to pivot before I you answer just Daisy Ridley was out there uh, on the Jimmy Kimmel show that was uh, guest hosted by Josh Gad her friend um, mm-hmm. and so she she he basically is, he's fanboying asking Star Wars questions because he's just sort of the most commercially Disney fanboy you can ever be uh, but you know he's not gonna he's not gonna rip you know rip it but it was interesting because he's asking these questions but in doing so he really sort of uncovered got her to uncover sort of the reality of there was no plan and so he asked you know was there you know what other uh, answers were there Uh, was Palpatine always supposed to be the the grandfather and she goes at the beginning there was toying with like an Obi-Wan connection and then it really went there was a diff there were different versions and then it really went to she's no one uh, and then it came to episode uh, nine and JJ pitched me the film and was like oh yeah Palpatine is granddaddy and I was like awesome and then two weeks later he was like ah we're not sure so it kept changing and then even Ridley's uh, audio We were filming, and I wasn't sure what the answer was going to be. So, I mean, this is telling, and this is sort of—I'm kind of impressed that she's finally speaking up. John Boyega has stopped sort of hiding his feelings as well out there, of sort of the Disney machine. Uh, But uh, I mean, this this proves what we all already knew, and I think—and it's been funny watching a lot. I don't know if you've seen any of them. There's been a lot of Star Wars fans who have been reacting to this clip, kind of like. Oh, man, it's sort of like, how do you defend it now? Because it really does put it out there, right? That this they clearly had no idea what they were doing.
1: Well, the, the, the way they defend it, I mean, the fanatics, right? I mean, there's, there's like a cult of these Disney Lucasfilm people that I don't understand, right? But these fanatics, right, are out there saying, well, George Lucas didn't have a plan. I'm like, you know, have you ever, you know, the Journal of the Wills? He was writing about that in his notes in 1976. Yeah. All right. So, don't tell me he didn't have a plan. Okay. He thought this mythology out really deeply, right? He just had it evolved with time, but he didn't come into this, like, I'm going to make this up as I go along.
0: Yeah. He may not have been a good actor, director for actors. Like, I, I, that I will cave on. Uh, He's, he's admitted that too, I feel like. Uh, But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, this is finally i think the answer that we've sort of the proof we've been waiting from someone high up there daisy ridley and i got no beef with daisy ridley i think you know she I tried her best ray was yeah. a good good i mean she i've no qualms with her or really any of the actors i think it's unfair when the fans go after them who should we go after and and do you think who do you think is really blamed? I mean, the answer for most people is Kathleen Kennedy. She's the one in charge. Uh, do you share that same sort of opinion that it's her, the buck stops with her, uh, and that's what happened here? Well, and and
1: to answer that, I want to actually answer your earlier question, which is, am I am I just sharing opinions as a fan or do I have some insight? Uh, you know, I have not worked at Lucasfilm. I have worked at Disney. I, I was the head writer for the Tron animated series. So I've worked internally at Disney, and I came to know it quite quite well and have very strong opinions about Disney. So I have that. But I have several friends, and I've said this in other uh, live streams, but I've had several friends who are very deeply involved with with Lucasfilm, uh, who, you know, people who know George Lucas personally. And so they've shared a lot of insights of what's going on. So these are the perspectives that I that I share from talking to my friends. Again, there is there is that game of telephone. I'm hearing right. it from people, but it's only one degree of
0: preparation. Yeah, Whisper Down the Lane could be changing. Yeah, but yeah I'm I'm hearing it from
1: so, a guy who I know is knows george lucas so he could be misleading me but when i hear from three or four different people then there's a consistent message i think it's pretty accurate well and right? i'd
0: be curious i'm so good share your story, and i'll say if that's what i've heard too that way more of these get shared we'll start finally having yeah well that seems to be what happened but go ahead what, what is your opinion
1: yeah i mean the consistent message i hear uh, from uh, from my sources is that uh is that yes this is miss kennedy who i've actually met i met her very early in my career i liked her she was a perfectly nice person uh she's worked on incredible movies uh, but she made choices on Star Wars uh, that were, in my opinion, coming from an ideological place, and that's been confirmed by my friends who know all of these people, right, very well. And they say, look, you know, she came in, and but like everyone else I work with in Hollywood, she had strong, very progressive opinions about things, uh, you know, even before the recent, uh, you know, the, the current election uh, and, and the election of President Trump, you know, even back in, you know, when, when they first, when Disney first purchased Star Wars, that was still during the Obama era, that was 2012, right? And so, there was still the the general progressive feeling of the late Obama era that we're here, we're going to, you know, put a message out that's going to really impact and shape culture moving forward. And so she was part of that. And that's the standard message that I've gotten working almost 20 years in this town, that people feel that they have to influence society with certain political messages that there's a large consensus of. I'm not necessarily part of that consensus, but there's a consensus of what those messages are. They're largely progressive and left. And so... You know, and I don't think she had any discomfort with doing that. I think she saw Star Wars as a a vehicle for expressing these ideas, which a lot of people at that time were thinking we're in this great moment. We've got this black president who seems very progressive and we're going to really put our ideas out.
0: Now, just to to, to ask a question, though, about to echo that, not to interrupt, but you think that so you, you that was Kennedy's doing that wasn't coming from Iger or anybody else sort of top line Disney saying, hey, you know what? Let's let's all agree we're gonna we're gonna change this ship. Or was that really Kathleen from your from what you've heard? Obviously, my, my,
1: my understanding is that it was it was Kathleen Kennedy. I don't think she thought it was anything controversial. Right. I don't think she was thinking it was a plan. I think you know because it's the norm. It's the norm of the people I work with. They think. I mean, certainly in the last ten years, maybe not so as much when I when I first started. And I said I've been doing this nineteen years, but exactly in the last decade, people feel that you know that the purpose of entertainment is to teach to spread a message, to educate the masses with a value system that they believe is morally correct. And I don't think that was controversial. I don't think she was thinking, I'm going to take over this 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 franchise and mess with it. She's like, that's just what everyone's doing, right? Everyone's putting in the values they believe are morally correct, at least in this time. And I think the events that, you know, and I think in, in The Force Awakens, she influenced that, but I mean, initially, I think, from again, from what I'm hearing from my sources, it was very much she wanted to bring in, make it a female-centric, uh, you know, franchise in her mind, which I think I'm of the opinion that it's always been a healthy uh, representation of females in Star Wars, always. But but she felt, you know, as many people in Hollywood, it's not enough, and we gotta we shift the the emphasis away from the white male, um, and we gotta now bring in. Interesting enough, we gotta bring in the white female, which is what you know she herself is, right? And so you had a situation where she, you know she created characters um, that reflected herself. She, you know, Ray is, is a is a white. British female, right? You know, and then you get you you the same characters, you know, Jin Urso is a white British female, no. right? I mean, this is a pretty consistent pattern of what was happening, which was, you know, and I don't believe Ms. Kennedy is British, but I'm assuming from her name, she's of Irish descent. So, you know, the same area, right? So white women that sort of reflect yourself and, and you're presenting that. And again, it wasn't controversial. I think that from what I've been told, it was Literally, the, uh, it was a combination of two things that happened in The Last Jedi. One is the massive success of The Force Awakens gave her the feeling, okay, now nobody's going to second guess me. Because on The Force Awakens, she was able to get the lead character she wanted. She was able to essentially, you know, do the kind of Star Wars mim- mimicking George Lucas's original movie. And and get it out there. And, you know, and she thought she was doing a diversity thing. I'm going to make sure there's a black guy there as a stormtrooper. I don't have a problem with it because I don't have a problem with Lando Calrissian either. Right. I don't think George Lucas had any problem with African-Americans. We know that. But but she, again, was thinking, I, I'm going to bring diversity in. And that was the thing. The second thing that I heard that that sort of changed events for The Last Jedi was the election of of President Trump, right? Uh, Which I know from my own experience galvanized this town. It was a shockwave. People didn't see it coming. I saw it coming. I tell people, guys, I don't think Hillary's going to win this. Like, ah, shut up. Shut up. I really don't want to hear that. Don't be, uh, you know, that's crazy. I'm like, I don't think you guys see what's happening, but whatever. So it happened. And then the shockwave that happened made people suddenly go from their standard, well, we're just here to educate people with a moral philosophy to be- becoming an imperative. The world is being taken over by Nazis. Now we have no choice but to make this as clear and ham fisted as possible to reverse the evil tide of history that we're in, right? Mm-hmm. That's how they saw it. And so suddenly, she had just come off of the, the the Force Awakens. President Trump gets elected, and so the Last Jedi is in is in the works. And from what I understand, she pretty much told Mr. Johnson, "Okay, these uh, these are the issues. These are the themes that I want, and I and we have to do this because it's now critical to use Star Wars, which is going to influence millions of people because the world is under attack from fascism." Right in her mind, and so that the Last Jedi became what it was, which was, very, in my opinion, very ham-fisted, ham handed. Preachy movie that was poorly written and and didn't make any real sense internally as a movie. It made no sense and it made no sense in the broader universe that we had already established. But because she was at that point invincible, no one really in Disney questioned. I'm sure there were people. I've heard that Bob Iger, from my friends, like yeah, Bob Eiger was like when he saw the initial cut, he's like, I don't know about this. This doesn't feel like what I signed up for with this. Right? Doesn't feel like the Force Awakens. Are you sure about this, Kathleen? But, you know, he let it through because she had already made Force Awakens a massive success. And he, like everyone else in Hollywood, you know, it's just like, hey, man, this is our way to say to F you to Trump. Right. We got to get these toxic males and put them in their place and got to teach people about these things because it's really critical now. So he let it through even with his misgivings. That was a disaster and a mistake. So that's what I've heard. It was these series of events that made this thing cascade into something bigger than perhaps it would have been had those events not happened.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, it's interesting because I saw someone in there. In fact, I thank you for the super chat. Send them over, guys. I'll get to them as we go. I just don't <laughs> want to interrupt the flow. But, Michael, I'm going to go to yours. Thank you, Micah Car- Caratua, for sending over. He asked a question, which parlays what I was about to ask you of like, yeah, that's fair in Last Jedi, but I feel like Last Jedi had a lot of problems. Like, Last Jedi had a lot yeah. of creative problems because I got no problem with them. Putting a female in, right? Diversifying, like, okay, great. As long as it's written well and not, you know, just obvious and and, and stupid.
1: I like, I like. I love Starbuck and the new Battlestar Galactica. I was like, this is, you know, and I and I and I worked with the actress on Bionic Woman. I was like, she's great. She's perfect for this. So I, yeah. I didn't have any issue.
0: Right. It's, it's, it's again, it's like when you write it to do it when you write it just to be the hero as female and not actually just write a strong female character is where I think the, the mistakes often happen. But sure. but the, to, part of the biggest problem, I think, for many people with Last Jedi was Luke Skywalker. Right. And and then so Michael asks us like, do you think they did a good job with Luke Skywalker's character in the sequels? And if not, what would you have done differently? Yeah, I'm curious. What would you have done? But I mean, do, do you agree that that was also part of the problem of just sort of it, and IO? I had heard that Ryan did get some of that. Vi- that was a lot of his own own creative vision uh of cho- those choices of raising nobody uh and and luke skywalker you know his path those were his choices no did you not have or have you heard something different
1: No, no i mean i think that this was this moment where basically two people of similar values were brought together kathleen kennedy and ryan johnson right mm-hmm. and and i'm sure that sitting in a room they'll but like they found twin souls oh my god you get me you get me you go do that I'll... and so i'm sure mr johnson came in and said look this is We've got, to tear, we've got to tear down this patriarchal structure of Star Wars and, the, and this is the way to do it. And we've, we've got to take away this fundamental myth and rebuild it for the next generation. And you have to do that by eliminating and humiliating uh, Luke Skywalker. Uh, because now in, in, in the mindset of people that think like this, which is very common in Hollywood, it isn't about you know we're going to include women and empower minorities. It's about denigrating white males. Right. And that's the only way you can actually because when there, when you respond, well, you know, George Lucas had women and from the very beginning. First time you see Leia, she's holding a laser gun. I mean, first time you see her, she's in action. Right. She has a blaster in her hand. And then you, know, you meet Landau Calrissian. He's more charming and he's a bit, He's a bigger smoothie than Han Solo. He almost gets a go from her. Right. Yep. So George. So it's like, well, George Lucas had minorities and he had strong women. It's like so the only way you can then counteract that said that, yes but he did it under the structure of a patriarchal male blonde white guy and we have to undermine that and i believe mr johnson philosophically believed that and kathleen kennedy said oh my god this is a godsend you're you're the right guy for this you understand what we need to do for these broader issues and so i'm sure those were his ideas uh you know it's it's unfortunate those choices but to answer the earlier question the bit i mean i despise what was done with luke skywalker uh luke skywalker is a universal hero. You know, he's like Odysseus. He's part of the, he's an archetype of the human condition, right? Yep. And I ain't Greek and I can appreciate Odysseus, man. <laughs> you know, I'm a brown Muslim guy and I can appreciate this blonde dude from Tatooine, you know, who follows the religion of the force. Because I connect with his human journey of of his loneliness, his his feeling of loss and and failure in his home, and then this incredible adventure goes on, and then the horrific discoveries about his past that he learns and the redemption of his father. I get that whole journey and what they did there. The reason I couldn't sleep was, you know, I was disappointed at the end of the force awakens when you just see Luke, but I was hopeful. All right, you're going to go somewhere with this guy. Right. And then the moment, the moment Luke threw the, the lightsaber over his shoulder, I was like, my stomach just fell. I was like, I knew immediately what was happening because I've been in these writers' rooms where people are talking about subverting expectations. I've sat in writers' rooms where I'm arguing about, you know, guys, I don't think we need to do that to the white male character. I don't think it actually advances the story. Why are we doing it? And it's because you got to, you know, you've got to change the social structure of the country. And to do that, you got to, uh, you have to change the, the, the representation of who the hero is. And so I said, oh, my God, they're doing that to Star Wars. And then it got worse and worse and worse. And then he dies at the end. And, and I couldn't believe it was like taking away the central myth of my childhood. And, you know, and then watching afterwards, watching Mark Hamill do his interviews and realizing that he was heartbroken by what had happened, that he was yeah. vocal about it. It just en- enraged me further. And so to answer the, I'm sorry, I'm talking a lot. I'm not even No, no, talk. I,
0: I love hearing you talk, but you're, you're right. I love you because even Mark has sort of acknowledged, you see it over time, the frustration has been brewing in him of like, we started, he was pretty vocal and then trying to like, I'll pease the mouse, but- I, I, I don't you, do you, someone else asked earlier, and because so, this is related, uh, uh, thank you uh, about that uh, for donating it early. Looking forward to getting some insight on what the hell is going on with Star Wars. Do you think Adam Driver or Oscar Isaac will speak out too? Keep on killing it in the channel, Andy. Thank you about that. But it's interesting. Do you think, you know, Mark Hamill or all these other cats, do you think more and more people are going to start? Just saying, you know what? Screw it. Yeah, this was this wasn't a, a great experience because now we got Daisy Ridley sort of, you know, I feel like she, that, that was clearly a dig. She took that dig.
1: No, no, It was an intentional choice. She didn't have to answer the question. Correct.
0: The yeah. So do you think I mean, so you agree that was intentional. And do you think others are starting to sort of feel like, you know what, this we, we got to start speaking up to this because this wasn't this didn't work.
1: You know, uh, I think Daisy has now opened up the, uh, the floodgates. You know, John Boyega began that process. Mark Hamill began the process, but he was out there alone in the desert for several years. Right. And then uh, and you could tell in the interviews, he sometimes sat next to Daisy Ridley and she was nodding sympathetically as he talked about his disagreements with Ryan Johnson. Right. Uh, And but, you know, she was under an NDA and she realized it's not a good idea for me to be talking about. So she kept quiet. Right. John Boyega decided I've had enough. And this was the moment because you, know, you can say, look, as a black man, at a time where we're listening to what black people's struggles are, let me share with you my struggle. So people will listen to him. Daisy didn't have to interject into this. She chose to interject into this. Right. And, you know, that suggests to me that Ms. Kennedy's Power is completely eliminated now. It's been a process, right? I think she was struggling to retain her voice in Lucasfilm in the last year yeah. uh, with Mr. Favreau rising, but I think it's finished. And I think for, you know, Daisy Ridley, who essentially represented the idealized vision of Miss Kennedy it may have had of herself, right, projected onwards, is now criticizing this in a way that's obviously going to be... A Red flag for fans. She knew what she was saying. She should have answered it was like, you know, you know They, they kept the, the it was all a mystery and a surprise and I learned about the oh wow She's Palpatine is great. And so she said they didn't they did not know what they're doing and they kept changing it That's a choice to reveal that right right, so I, I wouldn't be surprised uh, if others like Oscar Isaac come out, you know, you know It's all about whether they feel that They have something that's going to add value to this conversation, I think John and Dizley, uh, Daisy have already done that because John, uh, you know, Boyega was being held up as, "Yeah, we had a black man, right? We brought diversity," and a black man disassociated, said, "You brought diversity by disrespecting me," right. which has been, "I'm a minority in Hollywood, and I keep saying, guys, this token character creating is insulting and disrespectful, just because you put somebody with this face on the screen and you give them an the insulting character." You know, it's like what happened to Kelly, uh, Kelly Mary Tran. Yeah, you know. She's well, a great actress. I would work with her in a second. Yeah, I liked and her. She's given, yeah, she's given a garbage script. And Nothing a garbage wrong role. with her.
0: Right. It was unfair. But to echo what you were saying about Boyega, yeah, like they, they even like shrunk his, or took him off the posters in China because China China's like, yeah, we don't want the black guy in the poster. Like yeah. there was so much stuff going on that was uh, that I think uh, Boyega has been why uh, I'm yeah, glad he's picking sure,
1: up. I mean, that enraged him. It would have enraged me when I saw that. Right. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting we talk about Kelly Murray Tran, you know, and we can talk about uh, the, the the way it could have been fixed. You know, I've read Colin Trevorrow's script, Duel of the Fates. Which well, I love.
0: so let me set that up. So I, so I want to yeah. hear this because yes, Last Jedi was a problem, right? If we just get to the timeline, let's get to that topic next because yeah. I know I want That's the next thing I want to talk to you about. Last Jedi has its problems, agreed. At the same time, there's part of me that's like, you know what, I kind of like that she was a nobody. I kind of would have preferred that if I'm going to take anything from that. Okay, interesting. doesn't solve all the problems. But then you have Trevero's script, which at least felt like a continuation from the last Jedi yeah. right and on top of that he cracked the problem of what I'd heard was you know he, he Luke, uh, Luke had to be dead was sort of some weird rule that I had heard uh, is yeah, that he, he he tried to get Luke back they told him no yes and then he had to write the script with him dead and so Colin because I haven't read the full thing but I've chunks yeah. were sent to me and especially the ending and, and parts of it but I thought well, from what I've seen so far the, a pretty good chunk of it he just brilliantly figured out how to take it for you know take the baton and sort of carry it in a way that i thought you know what he made it work uh and so what really frustrates me when you see that and then you you realize they just burn him and said nope and torch they torched him pretty much
1: and then decided
0: to you know now we're gonna go back to jj who clearly didn't want to be there like even now as
1: uh he uh, had no solutions for this yeah i'll just go back to what i had
0: originally right and then so it's like because uh, even Boyega, who you'd think would call him out for sort of it, but I guess isn't loyalty, you know, because JJ hired him. I mean,
1: because he, yeah, he, say he's, he knows JJ is, I mean, we can argue that Mr. Mister Abrams is partly responsible for this, but I do believe JJ is a fan, and I think he was put into a horrific situation that he couldn't fix. Right.
0: Uh, oh, bum, oh, bum, 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 bum. Marcos. Thank you, Marcos.
1: Why do you think they never tried to develop a complete story for Finn after they started? A good story from beginning but then he never seemed important again.
0: That, and so perfect timing Marcos thank you Marcos one of my biggest donors thank you always always yeah. dropping big big donations I appreciate it man but well said and, and, and uh, a lot of criticism of Last Jedi sort of they ruin Finn's own arc in Last Jedi by not allowing him to kill himself it's like a very frustrating moment where it's like they they just never knew what to do with him uh, and they started well and then Trevorrow I felt like finally cracked oh he's gonna well, ride he, he's, he's gonna he, take he the Stormtroopers
1: <laughs> I mean I read the entire script and I'll tell you I love that script you know as reading the script I felt like I was reading Star Wars I felt my heart was racing every page I was like it felt like somebody who loved Star Wars was writing the script right and you know on on Finn's character he gave him the ultimate arc that should have been Finn in, in that script Duel of the Fates Leads a stormtrooper rebellion, gets the stormtroopers, others like himself, to rebel against against the First Order, and that's helped bring them down. So that, I mean, that's the final fulfillment of that character. Stormtrooper turns against it, convinces his friends, and his and his that this is wrong, and they join him. So that was great. And with and with Rose Tico, you know, we talk about Kelly Mere Tran. Rose Tico is the best character in Colin Trevorrow's script because she's like, she ends up becoming a spy who infiltrates the First Order. And every time I was like, reading her scene, I was like, her scenes are so well written. I'm like, man, let's get back to Rose Tico. What's she doing next? Oh my God, Rose is in this situation. I got to get back to that. I mean, it was, and she helped bring down, she's one of the pivotal moments that brings down the First Order. And you go with it, you're like, he took that character that he would have, what, it's so upsetting to me that Kareem Marie Tran, who suffered a lot of humiliation that had nothing to do with her. She could have sh- shined so brightly in that script. She, everyone would walk out of there and go, "That character's great." Yep. No, it, that answers the, the it, deep down inside the fundamental racism that's in Hollywood. Is that they brought these great actors, people of color, minorities, wrote garbage scenes for them, and when a script was given that elevated them to dignity.
0: It was killed, and then they added Carrie Russell. Who no disrespect to Carrie Russell, but no need to be in that movie. Like there's there, any everything they added in in to me. I was more offended. I'm just curious because while Last Jedi pissed me off, I was more offended by Rise of Skywalker just as a fan because it just felt like they, they it just they knew what they were not had no idea what they were doing, and then you realize that's what happened. And then when you go back and you see Trevorrow's script, who I and I've, I I know some people who've talked to me about it off the record. I mean I can't say who, but. Sources yeah. that have confirmed to me, like, Trevorrow was a fan. Trevorrow was oh. busting his ass for yeah. them and, and wrote yeah. an, an amazing script through, uh, through all these horrific directions. And then just completely, just they have turned on him. Yeah, Some and speculate because of that book, of Henry movie or whatever it was, but yeah, mean, was, that was part of it. Because yeah. you know,
1: unfortunately, part of the culture of Lucasfilm was they were getting the hot director of the time. Right, Ryan Johnson was hot coming off of Looper, and uh, and Colin was hot coming off of you know of Jurassic, Jurassic World. World. Yeah. And then he had one movie that wasn't successful, and that happens. And so suddenly people are like, oh, he didn't make a good movie, and he's now questioning Ryan Johnson, who is who is you know who is the apprentice to the to, to the Sith Lord. Right? Right? And so he's questioned. That's not good. And he's creating drama by asking Luke to come back. That's not good. So he just got rid of him. You know. And and on that trip, we talked earlier about about Daisy Ridley. You know, and about Ridley about Ray being a nobody. Ray is a nobody in that script. They give they you discover her past. It's not Skywalker. It's not any of these people. It's a, and it's a family that had nothing to do with this thing. You, she finds out about her family, and but it still works. And her character is actually what's great is her character is shown as as flawed as making mistakes and ultimately you know she gets her ass kicked by kylo ren you know a couple of times and finally in the in the climax of the movie i mean he literally he he horrifically injures her she gets blinded she loses her eyes he hits her lights he hits her face with a lightsaber she loses her eyes and she's still fighting I mean, that's you're talking about giving Rey a struggle. She's blind at the end of the at the end of the at the end of the movie, and she's still a hero.
0: And then they figure I mean, out a way not- that the ending give me goosebumps reading it. The way they use the force then to like have everybody speaking to her through the battle, and then the 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 Jedi show up. It's just it's it's exactly what we missed in that movie. Like the weird choosing only the voices, and then. The it just did it, 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 what well, yeah, they, a... they were
1: shot, the actors were shot, but we never saw that, right? Oh, I'm just like, you why? Know, what? Oh. Peer, Peer
0: saw it. <laughs> I don't, I don't, <laughs> so, so there, I mean, it comes to so you, you that so the script was there. Do you have any other insight on what happened there between Trevorrow and Kennedy? Like, what was that Kennedy's pushing that mm, out? For, from what look, you've heard? I got the
1: script from people who are working directly with Trevorrow, right? I won't reveal who, but I got the script from people who, who know him personally, and, and I'm and I was shocked when I got it because i had received it before it had leaked out. Out and then I I promised my friends I was like, I'm not gonna don't worry I'm not gonna let anybody see this and then a day later I see other people are posting it so I think somebody in Colin Trevorrow's camp. I don't know that it was Mr. Trevorrow himself, but I think his agents or someone, someone yeah.
0: leaked it because they were so I, tired. I of, had I can I can reveal that there because I think it was Bob Burnett was the first one who got it out officially, yeah. Uh, yeah. and I was like a, I was about to do it too because I had someone else, some other people, sort of uh, friend. It, it seemed like friends of Trevorrow, one were just like dying to like support him because they yeah. could just see how hard Disney rolled the bus over him. And mm-hmm. just sort of let JJ go do it, and, and it just shows. I feel bad, but I think same sources now I, I will say have told me that Jurassic World Dominion is supposed to be insane. Uh, so that's I'm excited good. for him, and I, I hope he gets that redemption arc. And that is true, and that's a true statement because it really sucks to see what could have been, right? Um, but again, who's so was that Kennedy's doing that sort of yeah, d- rolled I mean, that my bus my over him?
1: Yeah, my understanding is that, you know, he'd be, he'd begun to be seen as a troublemaker. I mean, he would lost his shine when the Book of Henry didn't work, and then he'd begun to be seen as a troublemaker because he really is a fan. And he's like, can we just please, all you have to do is edit in Last Jedi. You just have to edit. You just don't have to have Luke fade out. You can leave him on the island staring at the sunset, and then we're gonna use him for all this cool stuff I planned, right? Uh, and they're like, no, stop asking to do that. <laughs> and you know, in the end, in the end he, he followed the rules. You know, as you saw yeah. in the script, Luke is an active force ghost throughout the movie. Of the, and he's actually yes. great because he's That's basically great, haunting Kylo Ren. It's, it's haunting, and he's haunting, right, becoming, yeah. He's, he's like, you know, it's, it's literally what Obi, Obi-Wan had said to Vader in the, in the first movie. He said, you know, if you strike me down, I'll become more powerful than you ever imagined. Yep. Now, now he's appearing and Kylo Ren can't get rid of this guy. He shows up and he's hassling Kylo and he's becoming this voice in his ear that won't leave him alone. And it's great.
0: And then instead, like in Rise of Skywalker, he's just wasted. There's no reason for him to... The whole thing is just a... Oh, it's such a frustrating yeah. ending. And, and, it makes...
1: and that's the thing is, had Collins' movie been made, it is not a perfect movie. It is a good movie, right? I mean, yeah. I, as a Star Wars fan, said one oh, two, I wouldn't have done it that way. But 98% of it is great. Well, and and it, it would have, have turned.
0: Exactly. It would have figured out a way to finally unite them in a way like, all right, that was fine. And there's people would have still because bitched it doesn't and doesn't disrespect
1: The Last Jedi. If you like yes. The Last Jedi, he goes with it. And But then he figures out like a way he... to
0: hit the landing. Exactly. No,
1: I was like, everyone was going to like this movie. And we would have all said, "Okay, man, it's done. It's over. The fight is over."
0: But you know, whatever. Yeah, and from what I heard, the other issue is that because of Le- uh, Carrie Fisher, rest in peace, that that definitely put things in trouble. Because there was a version where Colin, she really was like the lead of that script. He had to adjust yeah. it, and then I yeah, but did he hear solved
1: it. I mean, he solved Mark Hamill's situation. Yeah. Luke's character works as a force goes, He would have solved Carrie. But he I heard solved-
0: that part of the reason, J- part of the reason Rose Tico was so terrible in uh, Rise of Skywalker was because J.J. had apparently, I don't know if you have any insight on this too, but J.J. had apparently, he was so hell-bent on using the unused footage of Carrie Fisher that they basically wrote a lot of the movie around that sort of just to have of that course. there. It, it, I mean, that and was then his, they apparently his, his, put Rose in scenes with her that looked terrible. And so they put her in a, and like, in important parts of the movie but ultimately were unusable because they looked awful in the final cut and so she ends up getting sort of cut from the movie because they put her in with yeah, the, of course ghost it's the minority
1: woman that already been hassled you know that had already gotten a mediocre character in the last movie had people hassling her and of course they use her right i mean they don't put they don't put daisy ridley against uh, right. the, uh the the other footage right they use her because she was expendable which is a tragedy
0: so, yeah, so Colin Trevorrow, I'm glad we got to t- uh, show with him some respect because it's way better. It's way better than what we got. So at the end of the day, to, to wrap up this question, then we'll move on to some topics and questions. But so whose fault really is it? I mean, it sounds like it's Kathleen Kennedy. Is she, the buck stops with her. But do you feel like J.J. should bear some brunt too? I feel like he's... I even heard rumors that he was just getting that JJ cut idea out there just to try to save face. When in reality, there's no JJ cut. Like everything you saw was, is what you got.
1: I, 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 I don't. It's interesting. I I heard from I heard from a friend, like one of my friends who's in that Lucas camp, who knows Lucas, whatever. He said to me, there's no JJ cut. So I he said to me that there is one. so maybe that's true i mean again he doesn't know everything but he said he heard that from one of the editors he's like right he and, and of the course editor? and the editor's like i don't know what you're talking right. about and I mean, I and if,
0: it was like jj's long-term editor and then dominic monahan his like best friend who we put in star wars and lost were like the two people sort of putting it out there of like oh there's so much more you guys so that felt like defense of jj trying to save face of like see disney screwed me too but in reality i guess that's my final question to you with thoughts of just do you think jj should take some more responsibility do you think he ever will to say you know what That was a that was a because I mean even John Boyega I feel like sort of it said it which was like he wasn't even supposed to be there like which again points it to Kathleen Kennedy for being so desperate to right the wrongs of what they thought they did with Last Jedi to like please come back and save us and then JJ's like fine but I don't know what to do I'll just do it my way yeah I mean look I will give this much I, I I will
1: give this much to JJ.
0: Oh! Oh! Wow! Thank you, Paul. One hundred dollars from Paul at the end. Uh, we also got a hundred from David March. I'm gonna. I was gonna wrap up and finale with uh, David but Paul. Thank you for sending. Uh, Daisy confirmed what everyone with open eyes knew. Disney had no plan. Kathleen and JJ lied, saying the emperor was always planned. Fact that she did. There's now evidence to prove she's been lying. Uh, trilogy written by multiple writers with no continuity and no respect for the lore set up by George. Paul, facts, and thank you always for your support. Uh, But bravo, Paul, for coming in uh, with that big donation. Yeah, I mean, facts, right? So at the end of the day, while JJ and Kathleen, to me, are both at fault in a way. But I got to go where Boyega was sort of going, which was like, look, he wasn't even supposed to be there. He did a favor to them.
1: And my understanding is, and this could be wrong, my sources say that he did have a plan, that JJ did have at least at least a treatment or some kind of outline for where this trilogy was gonna go. And he handed it off and said, I'll see y'all later, right? And then only to discover that he was then they weren't gonna use any of it any more than they were gonna use the George Lucas treatments, right? And then You know, he just scrambled together whatever he could, sat down with his screenwriter and said, "Okay, we're left with this mess. How do we. And, you know, you could tell he had been watching like Fandom Menace videos and he knew what the critiques of of it were. I mean, everything, even like the, the light speed ramming stuff. I mean, they try to correct that in The Rise of Skywalker because you know, it screws up the entire mythology. If you can just light speed Ram stuff, why don't you just light <laughs> yep. speed Ram the Death star? Why you just blow up the, why'd you go to all this trouble of trying to get these, you know, these proton, uh, proton torpedoes through the tube when you could just send like something into the reactor through, through hyperspace and blow it up. Right. So he understood there were problems with it. You know, at the end of the day, he's a professional. He's different from me. And that's why he's world famous. And with hundreds of millions of dollars is that like, <laughs> he knows how to play the game. Right. And, uh, and you know he did his job. I do think the fact that he put or his camp put out those feelers about him having a cut and all that stuff means I think he was embarrassed by this. He was embarrassed yeah. by the negative energy. He's never in his career gotten this kind of negative vibe, uh, except maybe after Star Trek when and I he do the director he went
0: to. Yeah, and I, I do believe he wanted to, this to do well. I don't think any filmmaker ever wants it to do poorly. So yeah,
1: here's about Star Wars. I really do think he's a fan. I think Mr. Tra- Travaro is a more in-depth fan. I think he understands. You know, Colin understands the world better, but I do believe J.J. Abrams is a fan.
0: Do you believe this theory at all? I don't. I'll put it out there. I don't believe it. But do you believe this theory at all that Disney's going to attempt to redo this trilogy?
1: No, I think they just want to move on. I mean, the, why why pick at an open scar? I mean, just 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 I move just, on.
0: Why admit? And they, I can't see Disney ever admitting that kind of failure. You know what I mean? Like they yeah, won't I mean, even they're put they're the holiday. But, st- holiday it will special. Just open up
1: this discussion again. The best thing is to just move on to to create a timeline in the Mandalorian period right and keep going on for that and then you know years will go by the actors you know Mark Hamill eventually will not be available to play anymore and it'll just be they'll just move on to another time frame you know they'll stay in the Mandalorian world which is a few years after Return of the Jedi they'll stay there for a while.
0: Uh, well, I wa- th- this has been a fascinating conversation. I, I-, I want to thank uh, David Martis who included cl- me into some of your uh, to your videos. And he said uh, David just sent a hundred dollars as well. Thank you, David. I'm impressed. I said check out this guy, and now you have him on the show. Uh, that's how it works. I try my best, but thanks to you guys, when you when you send me over and I get enthralled and I find someone good, I'm like yeah, please. And so Cameron, thank you for being here. And David, thank you for helping uh, make sure uh, we discovered uh, Cameron, who's just uh, well so fun to have you. I want to have you back. And but I'm going to clip this part for YouTube. So if you're watching live, don't. Go anywhere going to open up some more questions for cameron uh have to talk some more with you uh but those of you didn't miss who missed the full live stream uh, I, I trim it up for that if you're a member though feel free to join you can always join and catch the whole stream unedited anytime uh but thank you guys who are watching on the delay uh those of you watching live stay tuned we'll be right back <laughs>